Welcome to Morse Code and Inspector Morse Podcast. I'm your host, Shukri. So today I'm going to look at episode two of season one, The Silent World of Nicholas Quinn. And I like this episode a lot. I thought this was a strong Morse episode. It felt like the series I'm used to. Unlike episode one, which I talk about in the first episode of this podcast series, I think this is more like Morse. You know, you had the classical music, you have the character of Morse, just whether it's the dialogue, the relationship with Lewis, and the lack of kind of that gritty realism I talk about in episode one. There, there is more of that romantic Oxford world in this episode. So this reminds me again of, of the series that I think we all love, the Morse-Lewis sometimes endeavor series. So I like this episode. Uh, the plot is good. The suspects are solid. And I like the development of the characters, Morse and Max, for example. I, I spend some time focusing on that because I like how Morse and Max establish their dynamic, right? I also really liked the character of Ogilvy. That's, um, he's a really important character in this episode. He's kind of like a Morse doppelganger, which is kind of crazy, right? He's this Morse doppelganger. He likes to drink the drinks that Morse drinks. He likes to do crosswords just like Morse. He's basically his clone. And I'm a little thrown off by it. So I'm asking the audience, what do you think? Why do you think this character was introduced the way he was introduced? Because it's honestly a little bit weird. And I'm not really sure what the purpose is. So I I mentioned my uh, email in the podcast the Morse code 1983 at gmail.com. Email me if you have any ideas, any comments about the podcast or about episodes one and two. And, you know, as time goes on, I'll include those emails in, in the podcast because I know listeners like to hear uh, the feedback. And if, if I can't include it in a podcast, I'll still try to comment back and email you back because I, I like the idea of, com- of just creating a community of Morse watchers, Morse in this case, listeners. So thanks for listening to Morse Code. This is episode two. We're really building a community right now. I could I could feel it. I see it in the numbers. And um, I'm advertising on Overcast. So if you have subscribed through Overcast, I know a lot of my listeners are from Overcast. Thank you for doing that. I appreciate it. Please leave comments. Please leave ratings. That helps so much. And if you are connected to any of the social media Morse accounts, feel free to leave a comment on there so all the people on those pages can actually see the podcast, right? Also, if you like this podcast, listen to the Class X podcast, my other one, which is an American culture podcast. So thanks for listening to Morse Code and Inspector Morse podcast. I really appreciate it. I'll see you after the music. Welcome to Morse Code, an Inspector Morse podcast. I'm your host, Shukri. So this is the uh, second episode, and we're gaining a little traction, you know, with very little advertising, just a little bit on Overcast. So if you've if you've subscribed through Overcast, thank you. That's awesome. If you haven't, but you're listening to this podcast, and if you like it, please share it with others. I'm really trying to get on the Morse social media accounts. There's a Facebook account that would be great to get on because... I think if you're on a Morse appreciation Facebook account, you probably want to hear a podcast about Morse. So I think uh, that would be great if you could help me out with that. That would be awesome. So feel free to post about the podcast on the various Facebook, Twitter pages if you have a chance. If you don't, 
no worries. The podcast is spreading through uh, my own kind of way of advertising, and I don't mind that as well because I, I grew my other podcast with my buddy John uh, by just posting on different – on Reddit, on social media, on uh, – the overcast advertising page. So, you know, you can grow your podcast in many ways. Okay. So this is episode two, the silent world of Nicholas Quinn. And this episode, it already felt more like a standard Morse episode, if you know what I mean. So now it's not quite there yet, but the realism or the grittiness that I talked about in episode one, that realism of episode one is gone, thankfully. And that's great because that means we're going to, edge closer and closer to the Morse that we want to see, the Morse that we love to escape to, you know, that that romantic world of Oxford. It just doesn't go with the the other world of uh, gritty kind of NYPD blue. I might be dating myself with that reference, but, you know, it doesn't go with that kind of uh, show. Morse is a different different thing. And so we're getting closer and closer to that, which is which is great. So here's a quick rundown of the plot. It was a good plot. I really liked it. I enjoyed it, but I'll just quickly go through it. So Nicholas Quinn of the uh, of the title is killed after observing a possible scandal involving selling tests to foreign nations. Okay, so specifically, it seems like there is a connection to the golf, to the Arab world. Uh, Quinn is deaf. And this plays a role in his silent world. So he reads the lips of a few characters and he does it. He misunderstands what he's um what he's the lip reading that he's doing. Uh, the people involved in the cheating scandal, a Mr. Roop and Donald Martin, find out and they kill poor Mr. Quinn, and that's where it starts. They try to make it look like a suicide, but of course, the hero, the detective Morse, he doesn't really buy it, and that's where the investigation begins. So it's kind of kind of similar, right? The suicide elements very similar to episode one. So that was my first and uh, immediate observation, that that, that suicide similarity. Um, I'm sure you probably noticed that as well. I don't think that becomes a normal thing from Morse, but it's definitely in episodes one and two. We also get the first definition of Morse's law in this episode, uh, which is that there is, and this is what Morse says to Lewis, he says, there is a 50-50 chance that the person who found the body did the crime. Okay, uh, I don't really recall this being a big theme on future episodes, but maybe I'm wrong. It's definitely true for this episode, though. Also, I just wonder, what do you think of Morse referencing Morse's Law? I don't know. This episode, that 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 idea of Morse like quoting this, this law that he has, that he follows, it didn't seem like Morse to me. It seemed a little bit like, I don't know, maybe like Poirot or something, you know, another kind of detective. It didn't seem very Morse to me, but that's just me. Maybe you think it is very Morse. Maybe you think that does go with his character. Personally, I didn't look at it that way. I didn't see it that way. But again, I may be wrong. So this episode also focuses on the academic world, which is perfect for me as a teacher. You know, as a teacher, I love seeing the educational field as a source of a murder mystery. It's kind of it's kind of fun, uh, especially I mean, somewhere I'm not working, Oxford. It's this romantic world. That's kind of the running joke with Morse, right? The romantic world of 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 Oxford all of a sudden becomes this like crime center of the world, 
which is, which is comedic, but we kind of just, you know, we suspend our disbelief because we like the show. Uh, but it, I just find it funny that, you know, this, this crime in the educational setting is uh, what we're focused on. But it's, it's, I like it. I connect with it. Like I said, as a teacher, it's something I connect with. I also connect with some of the characters. I teach AP Psychology and AP US History, so I also understand that the the high stakes tests that are referenced in this episode and the stress that goes with it from students, teachers, and a lot of people involved. So, you know, I like the concept actually of these individuals selling the tests for a profit because I could you could see that happening in any kind of high stakes test because the stress level is so high and the stakes are so high. You know, it seems petty in a sense, but it, and even maybe a little silly to someone who's an outsider to it all, but people do irrational things on, on high stakes tests because they think, you know, and I guess in this episode, one of the ideas is that it's, it's being sold overseas. So uh, your your grade on these high, stake te- high stakes tests may really influence your future in a huge way, right? So that that makes sense. And I, now I do have to say this, to make an academic cheating scandal, right? To make an academic cheating scandal feel like a Cold War murder mystery, something like from Foil's War. I don't know if you've seen that mystery, but something really serious, you know? I think, and this is just me, but I think that speaks to the talent of Colin Dexter because that takes a lot, right? To make this academic mystery seem like a, such a serious, serious scandal. And that, I think I, ha- I have to state that because it goes into how he was able to create this world that we really want to escape to, but also where we're like, we're buying the high stakes. We really are. Okay, so let me run through a few of the scenes that I found interesting, that I thought, that I really connected to from this episode. This is kind of how, I, if you haven't listened to this podcast before, this is like what I like to do on the podcast. Not go scene by scene. I want to really focus more on the big scenes and like things that had that are particularly fascinating to me, but also to the Morse character and the character growth of Morse and Lewis and all the main characters in the show, in the show. Um, Superintendent Strange would be another one, for example. So the first one, the first scene is at the very beginning with Morse answering the phone. He's at home and uh, he's telling Lewis that he's catching up on paperwork when the reality is he's just doing a crossword puzzle, right? And I just wrote in my notes, like classic Morse, this kind of behavior is very unique to Morse, right? And I think the Morse audience loves it. In some ways, it's very genuine and very authentic. Um, He's not interested in doing the police work. Again, this is a big theme that we talked about on episode one. He doesn't want to do the police work. Just give him his crossword puzzle and let him be. So I like that that this this sec- section of the show, this part of the show, because it really it's not something you see often on Morse, but it does lay the framework, uh, the groundwork for the Morse character, which is really important to do on these early episodes. This episode also gives us great Max and Morse scenes, and in some ways, I kind of realized the purpose of Max through watching this episode. Max is basically roasting Morse throughout the show. He makes fun of his squeamishness. We all know Morse doesn't want to be around the the, the crime scene, right? Around the dead bodies. A, a normal person wouldn't want to, want to be either, but he, he doesn't like it. It's like part of his quirks, right? 
Um, he, he makes fun of Morse, though, Max does, for his guesswork later on, which is another classic Morse characteristic, right? So no one really gets away with this except for Max because Morse is kind of the boss in, the, in a, a lot of ways in this show. But Max is this character, and I'm starting to see that from the beginning of the show as I analyze it more as a podcaster. The purpose of Max is not only to add some comic relief and another character, but he can be a little critical of Morse. You know, Lewis cannot, but Max can. So I think that's kind of a cool thing that is uh, essential to understanding the dynamics in this show. And when Max is not there, it really does feel like something is missing in later later seasons. Okay, let's talk about the dominant female character in this episode, who, of course, Morris is fascinated by. Uh, that's This is Morris, right? He's infatuated with uh, Mrs. Height. This is, that's her name, Monica Height. Uh, she's, she's a self-possessed individual, and I think she plays Morris for a fool in this episode, if I'm going to be honest. Uh, it's, it's not too bad, right? So you may disagree with me, and I get it if you disagree with me, but he really changes when he's interested in someone romantically, and it doesn't I don't know. It doesn't really work for me. I think I said that in episode one, and I just I still say it because I think it just takes me out of the whole mystery, and I get kind of disappointed. I want him to focus on solving the mystery. So, But I did like the scene where Monica Height ordered the, uh, chin, I might be saying this wrong, the Chinzano and soda, and Morse he like turns to her and he says, uh, are you sure? And you could tell like the, the Morse... Uh, his the snob snobbish tendencies, uh, his elitism sort of arises there. It's just a great scene. I just liked the the interaction because you could tell he was kind of disappointed in her choice of drink. And that, again, that's classic Morris, and it shows you you know his his elitist tendencies sometimes, right? I don't know drinks are I don't know drinks very well, but I kind of got the vibe that. It was, and this is the 80s, so I got the vibe that this was like a, a yuppie thing, you know, a yuppie drink that didn't really meet Morse's standards. It was just funny for me, and I thought, you know, there's the Morse standards again, right? Um, in general, though, I didn't think she was interested in Morse, and this is, again, a common theme on the show, right? The female character who he's interested in is not interested in him, which distracts him from the mystery, and this this episode also had a lot of to, to shift away from the Monica Height stuff, this episode had a lot of Lewis scenes with Morse, and I thought they were great, great interactions. A few of them, um, at one point, Morse asks Lewis for the paper. Lewis grabs just a random piece of yeah, newspaper, right? And uh, Morse gets annoyed with him, and he says, like, no, not the Times, the local paper. And it's just, you know, I don't know, this scene just made me laugh really hard because it's just classic Morse-Lewis dynamic where he's basically being a little bit of a bully maybe. And I know I've read this on Reddit. Some people view Morse as a bully to Lewis. I don't really see it that way. But how is Lewis supposed to know which paper to get, right? How is he really supposed to know? I imagine, you know, I'm just wondering if I was a young officer or a young anything, right? And my boss was just ribbing me all the time or just messing with me all the time, like the way Morse messes with Lewis. I'd probably get frustrated. And you see as the the episodes go, Lewis gets more and more frustrated as time goes on. I do remember that. Uh, even though I haven't seen them yet, I do remember from my previous watches that Lewis does start to 
stand up for himself eventually, but we'll wait till we get to those episodes for that uh, analysis. We also get a very important quote from Morse to Lewis in this episode. Morse discusses his approach to solving crimes, which is very relevant to what we're going to be watching throughout this series. He says, and this is the quote, the trouble with my method is that it's inspirational. So again, he says, the trouble with my method is that it's inspirational. And basically, he's saying that it leads to mistakes, right? If you're going to follow inspiration the way Morse does, you're going to make mistakes. I like this, actually. I like this from my detective. I love the self-awareness from Morse. I think it makes him more likable. It's very different from one of my favorite detectives, Poirot, Hercule Poirot, for example, because, you know, you have, they're both geniuses in a sense, but Morse's is mixed with the level of humility that someone like Poirot doesn't have. And so maybe, you know, that's why people like Morse so much. I think so, actually. It's probably, probably why people like Morse so much. These are, these are important scenes, by the way, because it does explain the popularity of Morse, in my opinion. I think the vulner, vulnerability is just essential to liking a character. You want to have vulnerable characters, not where they're like acting like criminals or anything, but you want them to be vulnerable and honest about their weaknesses. And Morse is showing that in this episode. One of the last thing, scenes I want to talk about and I want to discuss on this podcast involved Morse. Um, and what I thought was one of the more unique characters, and I, 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 I'm going to stick with this. Even though I'm only on episode two, I think the character of Ogilby is one of the most unique characters I've seen on this show. And I would include Morse and Lewis in that because he, he's just very interesting character. I don't know if you remember this. Go back and watch the episode if you haven't. The Ogilby character, he's a bachelor. I'm just going to list off some of the characteristics. And I want you to think about who you think about when I say this. He's a bachelor. He's a drinker like Morse. He's a lover of crossword puzzles. In fact, the guy actually makes a lot of the crossword puzzles that Morse does and Morse struggles with. The guy is Morse's clone. And I totally forgot about this character. And here's a great, a great, great quote from Ogilby. He says, I find malt whiskey. This is just, again, think about Morse. I find malt whiskey helps me think. And Morse kind of gives him his, this look. Because, you know, I, when, I, when he said that, I was thinking, what's going on here? And I want to ask you, what's going on here? Is he messing with Morse? Did he study Morse? I, I wasn't really sure if he studied Morse or if, if he's messing with him. I mean, it's too on point. What do you think? You know? By the way, email me at the Morse code 1983 at gmail.com. The T H E Morse code 191983 at gmail.com. So if you have any comments like about this scene or any of the other uh, scenes that I talk about or characters, or you want me to expand on something, or you want to expand on something, something I could um, look at, you know, for the future, I'll just, because I, I love breaking down the podcast and I love, I love breaking down the episodes in this podcast. And I love just, you know, getting feedback from people on what they like and enjoy about the the episode. Because we all have our own interests with these things, right? Some people love the music. I love the classical music. Some people love specific characters. I tend to focus on big ideas. That's probably the history teacher in me, right? I like the big themes, the big ideas. But everyone looks at it a little bit differently. For me, though, back to this, back to Ogilvy. I really want to know what's the purpose of the character from the writer's perspective. 
because you know I see two options. Either he's just a know-it-all who thinks he's being clever, right? The doctor actually, because Ogilvy is a character who is dying. He has cancer and he's dying. And the, Morse and Lewis meet with his doctor. And his doctor basically says that. He says that he thought he knew more. Ogilvy thought he knew more about his his disease than the doctor did. So maybe he's just a know-it-all and he's trying to mess with Morse. That's a possibility. The second possibility is that he's just a doppelganger and Colin Dexter wanted to include this. Uh, he's perhaps what Morse would have been if he didn't enter the police force, which is a fun question to always ask, right? What would Morse have been like if he didn't enter the police force? Endeavor kind of plays with this a little bit, doesn't it? And so maybe that's what Ogilvy is. Maybe Morse would have been an academic like Ogilvy, or he would have been uh, making crossword puzzles like Ogilvy. I don't know. It's, it's kind of a personality psychology. Maybe Ogilvy and Morse are of a certain personality type. Not sure. I don't know, but... I did find the character choice interesting and very unique for this show in general. Okay, one more thing. Uh, the actual murderers and suspects. I thought that it was this was much better than episode one, which was really weak in that category, in my opinion. Uh, Mr. Roop was obnoxious through and through, right? He was so obnoxious throughout the episode. And Donald Martin was just very odd. So he becomes violent at the end, but the Donald Martin character is odd throughout. And I thought... I, I recognized that Morse and Martin were clashing early on, and I was taking some notes on it and thinking, that's a little bit weird how how conflicted they are. You know, it wasn't like a natural Morse in, in interaction with a with a suspect. It was very awkward in a lot of ways, and so I thought that that was brilliant because it really did lay the 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 foundation for what happens later in the episode with Donald Martin. And so I, I thought the, the suspects, the murderers were a uh, good choice, good enough character development in general. All right, so I give this episode an 8.5 out of 10. Maybe I'm going to rate it higher later on or maybe a little bit lower, but that's where I'm at right now. I thought it was better than the first episode. I've read in online articles and in one of my favorite books, if you're interested, it's called The Complete Inspector Morse by David Bishop. Well, I read that this script was very close to the book. And so that's different because I've read or listened to three or four Morse books. And I've noticed that the scripts in the book, the book book is tends to be different from the from the show. But apparently this one was very, very similar. So that could be part of the strength of it. In, in my opinion, that's a good idea. Usually I think it's good when you, you stick to the script. If you can, I mean, I don't know. It doesn't bother me too much, but I wouldn't be surprised if that was why this, this episode was, was so strong. So I thought it was a good episode. I wonder what you think. Again, email me if you are interested. Also, share the podcast, please, because if you like the podcast, share it on social media, share it with your friends, share it on any Morse accounts you can you can hook up with, and that will get the community, you know, that will build the community I have a community through my other podcast, the Class X Podcast. So if you like this episode and you like this podcast, go ahead and listen to that one as well and subscribe because that's the best way to get the podcast. Subscribe and share. So thanks for listening to this episode of Morse Code, an Inspector Morse podcast. I really appreciate it. I hope you enjoyed it. I'll see you next time for episode three, season one of Inspector Morse. Thank you.